Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends sit in a hotel room in Manchester and talk about cars. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Hello, Manchester. Manchester. So, it's the morning after Late Break Show Live 3. Yeah, a.k.a. the Manchester Tour. Which, um, I think we can chalk up as a success. I sincerely hope so. Nothing caught fire? No, no, no nothing caught fire. I mean, even if it did, your friend Andrew from the, the fire safety stick people oh, was on would, hand. He would have been waving one of the magic wands at it. That was a disappointment for me, actually, because the previous two live shows, he's been there and he's let you set something on fire. So yes. So you can then put it out with his product. <laughs> yes. And uh, I think he saw me looking crestfallen. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what you were expecting, Flint. At the, at the, well, no, at the last show, I think, and he, went, he came over to me, like, like a child. He talked to a child. He came over and he went, don't worry, at the next show, you can set something on fire. Is that what he said? Yeah. And I went, oh, brilliant. Thanks, Andrew. And then the next show is indoors and there are no fires allowed. So oh. I didn't get to set something on fire yesterday. But um, it's a shame. I, I think he'd earmarked um, DJ Khaled's Lamborghini Urus. I tell you what you do. Take a stick, light it, wave it near that car. Oh, speaking of that, well, first of all, I said, did I send you that, that clip of DJ Khaled's playing guitar? Yeah, yeah, introducing the fact that one of the Marley family had given yeah. him a special Marley guitar, even though that immediately confused me because I thought Bob Marley, talented musician and icon as was, hmm. not known for his guitar action, was he? No, the whole thing didn't felt weird. So, yeah, they made, they made like sort of 20 Bob Marley signature edition guitars and they'd given one to DJ Khaled and he's talking shite about and he, it and then goes, just listen to this. And <laughs> just, oh. just twats away as an untuned guitar. <laughs> Like, and it's just, but it's not the fact that he's just like completely unembarrassed about the fact he clearly can't play guitar. Oh, awful, awful. I would have made a better tune by flicking the head of a dead salmon. <laughs> or flicking the head of DJ Khaled. When he's asleep with his mouth open. Yeah. But also, on the sort of Khaled behaviour front, last night, or previous two nights, we've been up here for two nights, haven't we? We, yeah. we, we both nights we've just had a sort of very tired dinner in your hotel. I've said too much as well, I know that. <laughs> I saw, do you know when you deliriously give away too much information? And then you and then you did tell us that story that, um, that I was a little, well, Chops told me that I, I, my face was a bit shocked, as was um, I think, one of our friends on yeah, the tour crew. I feel, I feel bad. I do feel bad. Now. <laughs> it's a story that won't be repeated here. No, no, it's, it's too. Um, it's not not appropriate. Quite intense, and uh, we just 
bear in mind where the bar is on this. I mean, yesterday on stage at the show, <laughs> you repeated two weeing in the street while pretending to inspect a car. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> two. <laughs> it's the lesser known version. Well, listen, if, so, if Bowie and Jagger could do dancing in the street with extra long jackets and ultra thin bellowy trousers, <laughs> then I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking you and I could do a similar version of slashing under a car. Slashing in the street, the street. <laughs> under a car, whilst pretending it's lost coolant. I have I told you that when we started doing the grand tour before the first show, Jeremy Clarkson and I kept saying, "Why don't we do the start of the show like the start of the Dancing in the Street video?" Really? Where you know where they're going, America, UK, and, and doesn't Bowie jump down a flight? Well, that's of exactly the thing. It was like. <laughs> And I think we were both serious and everyone else was just going, yeah, yeah, anyway, let's get around to what we're probably going to do. And we were like, no, no, and then, and then I can jump off a platform in a very billowy coat <laughs> in slightly slow motion. <laughs> and I think the rest of the team were like, yeah, yeah, anyway, but seriously, we're going to do this thing in the desert, right? And, and, and I think Jeremy and I were quite serious for a bit and then we sort of realised we'd lost the room because <laughs> I was going, yeah, and then, no, and then Hammond could shout, UK! <laughs> Because you know, it's good, you're listing a load of places around the world, which is, fits the Grand Tour theme, and oh, then gosh. someone gets to jump off a platform in a long billowy coat. <laughs> <laughs> what would you want? <laughs> the cut of those clothes just has me in stitches every time. <laughs> and, then, and I noticed the other day, because I've got really into it, and this is something that's just far funnier than this, this podcast, is watching musicless music videos oh, that yeah. people put together and the start me up by the Rolling Stones <clears throat> one has me absolutely oh I can't even I have to come out for air on that one because I forgot that Mick Jagger in that video mm. looks like he's he's hur- he's hurriedly put clothes on to put the bins out <laughs> <laughs> You know when you go, yeah. shit, the bin man's here. I know I've forgotten something quick. And yeah, I can hear the dust guy. He's coming down the road. He's oh, here, he's no. here. You can hear it. And you can hear the hydraulics. Yeah, the thing yeah. Lifting up the other person's bin. And yeah. that's my signal for like DEFCON 1. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Get the recycling out now. Yeah. Running outside in trainers, but without the laces done up. Yeah. Trainers or horrible sliders or flip-flops or anything you can lay your hands on. Obviously, the main thing is, is don't expose yourself. Like yeah. Whatever you put on, you're not going to look great, but don't expose yourself. Yeah, Tracky bottom's the wrong way round. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Just get the bins ja- Jagger out. just looks like he's borrowed his missus's top. <laughs> And he's put on what look, you know, kind of like watching TV when you're ill off work trousers. <laughs> I just can't, I just can't bear it. It's amazing. Oh my God. And Bill Wyman, is it Bill, Bill Wyman in that video? Honestly, I've never seen drier hair in my life. They're <laughs> <laughs> like extra long twiglets. You can just slap them over your knees. Like those nests of vermicelli that you can get. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. Dried pasta hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I know none of that is relevant to cars. But honestly. Oh, oh no. gosh. Oh, oh, God. Well, we did, unfortunately, we didn't, have, we didn't have Bill Wyman or Mick Jagger at the Late Break Show Manchester. Um, we had a, a, um, a quite a broad selection of cars in the main so hall. Broad. And the main hall is amazing in itself because it, it looks like... Well, it was a Grand Central Station, I think. So it looks like some Pancras station in London, if you're familiar with that. And um, 
Yeah, and then they're, they're like a, there's like a crypt style underground NCP car park, which again is Victorian, and um, it was got to meet some really pleasant human beings yesterday. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I said that to you or someone else last night. Everybody that I met yesterday was really nice. Yeah, really nice. I'm really just happy to hang out mm. with like-minded people who like cars, have a look at some cool cars, chat about cars. Yeah, and. It was just that was just nice. It gave it a good vibe. But yeah, I, I was just I was talking to loads of different people, and everybody was just dead nice. And I think that people were respectful. Puts a smile them. in your heart. I think a friend of mine who's got quite a heavily modified, expensive car. He said, oh, "I think I'm just going to leave it open if people want to sit in it. They can." He said, "I don't think there's many twats for your show." <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, that's nice," because I don't think there are. I don't think there are that many twats. So, I mean, we had to jumpstart a couple of the a couple of manufacturer cars. Just from people, I guess, sitting in them and the courtesy light being on for 12 hours yeah. or whatever. But um, I, I didn't think about because I opened all those cars up in the morning and just went around and dropped all the windows, which I just because we had we had the Quality Street tin of keys, as yeah. is traditional now at these live shows, to keep all the keys in one place. Mm. And I was going around, and of course, it's absolutely full of keys at this point because yeah, the hall full. is all filled up with all the cars and. and um, but I suddenly realised that some, but not all, manufacturer keyless go systems will still work if you hold an enormous tin of keys next to the car. <laughs> the car will go, yeah, my key's in there somewhere, I'm going to look with it, and it's okay. And then you get in the car with the tin on your lap, and it'll power up for you, but it took me a while to figure that out. All you need is a giant Saved a lot of time, because otherwise the rooting in the tin of keys is a... Yeah, it's a time-consuming task. And we, yeah, we, we, we are, I'm very grateful for the support that brands have given us, like... Um, I have begged, borrowed, or stolen a few cars t- to get them there, specific cars. We had some real special stuff there. So for that, I am greatly um, appreciative. And if anybody listening to this was attending the Manchester show, thank you. Um, I've woken up this morning and I feel a little bit like someone every maybe hour while I've been asleep. Like a, I'm going to call them a dry roast peanut fairy. I sprinkled that dry roast peanut dust in the bottom of the bag mm. into my open snoring snoring <laughs> mouth. And I've woken up this morning, honestly, I've <clears throat> got the roughest throat. Yeah, I'm plaggy. <clears throat> plaggy too. Too much talk. Too and much talk. No, not a lot of drinks. We had a couple um, over dinner, but not. We didn't have the, the, the energy to go hard. No, I know. Um, no, our, our, our plans to go out on the town. Oh yeah, we were going to go out on the town. Going to go out on the town, and it's just like everyone's too tired. That's just shattered. It's a shame because Manchester's looking pretty cool. Manchester is a good city to go out in. Yeah, lots of of stuff to do, and also a mate of mine, old school mate of mine, came to the show later on, and he um, because there's a place just behind where we were. I'm going to call it the GMEX because it's the GMEX. I know it's artist formerly known as the GMEX, Manchester Central Conference Centre, whatever it is, but no, it's the GMEX. And just behind there is a place called Deansgate Locks, which was at one point the new fashionable place to go out. Oh. But that was about twenty years ago. It's still there. I don't there's still bars and stuff. But uh, so I say to my mate, oh, because it all moved to the northern quarter. That became the fashionable place to go. And he went, oh yeah, no, there's a new one now. It's like Manchester just. The... And is he? He's a native. Yeah, he still lives around here, not in in town, but he lives nearby. So yeah, he he knows the lay of land better than I do. And it's I was just like, oh, I can't keep track, but. It's what happens is that there's too many up and comings. Yes, exactly. Isn't there? Yeah. Who, who's a Who's up and coming in the car world? Would you say mm. if you had to if you had to use that terminology? Well, 
Up and coming. Hey, here's something actually that was interesting to me. We had those two Polestar cars there yesterday, the Polestar 1 and the Polestar 2. We did. And um, Polestar 1's a bit of a unicorn, actually. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I drove it out of the hall and round and down into the car park to stash it away last night. Yeah. And I've never driven one before. No, I still haven't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't exactly Even though get... I got it to the show, I still haven't driven it. No great insight into the way it drives uh, from just doing a lap around the block, but it felt all right. It just feels like a Volvo. Mm. I don't know that someone asked me a while ago they went do you reckon they'll, they'll be big collector's items won't they Those, and I was like I'm not sure it's very exotic but it hides its exoticness under pretending not to be because it's carbon body isn't it mm. hybrid it plays loads it down so much loads of power four wheel drive yeah um, Swedish Mustang very expensive yeah left hand drive only which I think knocks the edge off here I mean you know obviously some cars are left and drive only that adds to their mystique you know, it, it, yeah, can, it, and things it can do um, was BMW Z8 left hand drive only yes yeah and okay. uh, Z1 as well oh yeah wasn't I think yeah mm. so but I just don't see that they'll it's too subtle almost and it looks I think nice but like a nice Volvo but then probably not been seen out enough no well, I said, I was like, oh, as it were. I did though. I drove into the underground car park, the crypt-like thing under the building, and it's fabulous down there. Really atmospheric. And I, I pulled up in a sort of one of the kind of arched, you know, bay areas with three yeah. spaces in it. Yeah. And I backed it in. And I got out, and I suddenly thought, and I was wearing my long coat. Oh, excuse me. Well, did you, like did you gonna... see? Did you see Mick Jagger jumping? Yeah, around? no, he's jumping off the platform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no. The thing is, I was. I suddenly thought, oh, I feel like I'm in some kind of Scandinavian drama series. I'm in a gloomily lit but very atmospheric car park in my rare exotic Swedish car, wearing a long coat. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's what you do though. If you bought a car like that, there would be an element of escapism where you maybe. you're pretending to be another character because some cars do allow you to do that, and but, it can be wanky <laughs> and it, but it can be just pretty pretty okay well I heard two of the venue staff they were admiring those pole stars because they parked next to each other yeah and one of them was like what are these and the other one went oh it's they're called pole stars and he's like what's that and I thought well the bloke's going to go well they're Volvos but he didn't he went they're Chinese they're new and it's electric oh. and he didn't say Volvo once he just said they're new and the bloke was like they're Chinese. Oh, right, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Wow. The way that that was framed. Yeah. But uh, they do look nice. They look really good. They're well put. The Polestar 1 is a, is a well-proportioned car. I do like that. And I think um, I'd like to spend a bit more time in a Polestar 2. That's what I'd like to do. I realised that somebody <coughs> said to me, do you want to borrow a Polestar 1 ages ago? And I went, yeah, I'd love to. And they never followed up on it. No, I did the same, which is why I'm an idiot and I haven't driven it yet. And I even had a good feature idea for it and just time ran away with me. Um, but, well, um, we, uh, well, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Oh, I've had... Ooh, I, I don't know what I should say. This it sounds a bit twatty, boasting about it. Anyway, I, I was, you, one of the many blinders that you pulled is you managed to get Bentley to bring down those three cars. Oh, Bentley, yeah. I've got to say a big thank you to the, the Big B. They brought the 2003 Le Mans car... Which got lots of attention. Well, it was stunning, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. just, you know, you don't see that in a Victorian hall very often. <laughs> so that was a that and was. They're a, so small, aren't they? Yeah, oh, Victorian halls—they're massive. But the, those those racing cars are always smaller than you think. Yeah, they're just tiny and low. It looked particularly bijou next to the the Bentley continuation blower zero, mm. Mm. Um, which again is an awesome car, brand new nineteen twenty nine car. 
And then we had the art card of the spur, the unifying spur art card, which I think it's just it's 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 pretty pretty cool. It's really colourful. So mm. we had it, we had those which deservedly got a lot of attention. And that's the thing. Like I'm just trying thinking where they were all orientated because we, my wife pulled her hair out for about four days trying to plot them all into interesting positions and make sure it was sort of covidly spaced. Covidly spaced. Sounds like something that Kevin McLeod would say the, in the verdict of a house plan. Yeah. Um, it's not just the use of natural light that's so impressive. It's how they've managed to make it covidly spaced. Yes. I literally can't reach the side table from the chair. It's two metres away for some reason. Covidly spaced. Everything in the room is two metres from me. A covidly spaced kitchen. Christ. It's just... Oh, where are the pans? They're it's a four-hob cooker, but the yeah. distance between <laughs> each hob is two metres. So hang on, if I wanted to go from hob A to hob B, it's, I have to step twice... Is that useful? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So we. So yeah. I'm trying to think. Like next to Benley, we had the radio control drift. Big hit demonstrations, as well. which another, is, another inspired idea. Big kids particularly were. were I, I was well, it's just to, funny. It's fun, isn't it? I was talking to a couple of parents who went, <clears> "Oh, my kids have been just mesmerised by that all day, but now they're asking if we can get them." And I was like, yeah. "Oh God, yeah. Oh, no. my, my kids have been here. That would have been suddenly up the Christmas list. Can I have a drift radio control car, please?" It's true, and they are. They are. They. They. So big shout out to Drift Manji RC, not Mangi, Manji, Manji, M A N J I, Mangi and RC, like an old cat. Mangi RC. Um, yeah, I, um, we had the Ineos Grenadier there, which yeah. was again. Um, Did that? Were people interested in that? I didn't really see. I, I mean, yeah, I think I mean they had a it was it had a chaperone with it. Yeah, so, so they were allowing people to kind of open it up and sit in like we did at Goodwood, mm. and that's the point I think with. I always want to make sure people can kind of get to. I don't want cars with railings around them, and mm. um, they've got to be able to see and touch and respectfully kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's a good car. point. A sort of old-fashioned motor show, that Bentley racing car, for example, would have been on a plinth, wouldn't it? Oh, or shit. Or behind yeah. a, a velvet rope, and it was just parked on the floor with yeah, lots yeah, of other yeah. stuff, and people could go and... Well, my covidly spaced bed has velvet rope all the way around it. I don't I don't let my wife within two metres of it, even though it's her bed too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just got a really massive Megan the Stallion spec bouncer <laughs> standing near it. Oh, we never talked about that, did we? I don't think. Uh, when was it? Was it last week? Or it was week before. Week before. Oh, it was last week. Yeah. So it's Sunday now, isn't it? It was last Sunday. The Formula was One it? grid walk. Was yeah, I can't remember. It all blurs into one at the moment. Um, I think Martin Brundle should be in her entourage. <laughs> Maybe he is now. Maybe they've, yeah. they've made up. I just didn't get people going. Oh, she's so rude. It's like she wasn't rude. She talked to him. She was quite sweet. It's just that her entourage is a bit knobby. Yeah, and um, and he asked a bit of a duff question. I thought, have you got a rap it, for us about Formula One? Yeah, so that, that, that's it, that's like asking a comedian for a joke. Yeah. it's not really the done thing. Yeah, I think the problem is for me is I just and I'm not in that circle. I just don't understand why you would ever need a gang of security heavies when you're on the Formula One grid. Yeah, well, I think it's that's her standard entourage, isn't it? And so her people would have gone. Yeah, Megan will come and do your thing. Because let's be honest, Formula One want her there because she'll draw attention and it'll be all over her socials and it'll be all over news and things because mm. she's a star. Mm. Um, I'm a star, Richard. And so they'll have gone, yeah, but she'll need, it'll be plus five. Megan always travels plus five. That's yeah. a core entourage. And I've just gone, yeah, okay. And then that happens to be that guy. You noticed he was carrying, I presume it was her bag. 
yes. huge bloke with a very dinky and shishi handbag. Yeah. And, um, so you know, he probably had a dog in it. Probably <laughs> just didn't know. Yeah. Are, you, are you allowed dogs on the grid? I don't know. Maybe he's just keeping possibly zipped in the not. Bag. I don't know. But um, maybe as long as it's wearing Nomex. Oh, but yeah. I don't, yeah, I just I was I just, there were a few things annoyed me about that Megan the Stallion thing, and none of them were Megan the Stallion's fault. There was people, lots of old farts on Twitter going, "Well, I've never heard of her," as if that means she's not famous. It's like yeah. no, you've just never heard of her. Doesn't yeah. mean she's not famous. She's she's platinum selling artist. But um, yeah, I thought you know it was just one of those awkward things we, that got more heat than it deserved, really. And it's like yeah. we had no we had no Megan um, the Stallion at our. Late break show on tour. We we, we did have Colin Furs. We did have Colin Furs. Um, the uh, one of the original YouTubers, really. Um, what a funny man he is. He's a true eccentric. We've had I would now say. three different guests for three live shows. Three really good talkers. Yeah. I think we were talking about this last night. Where we, I reckoned you asked five questions of Colin, and I probably asked a couple. Yeah, in an hour and a half. In an hour and a half, and yeah. he just talked. He. He was really funny, really entertaining, good stories. I mean, my God. <laughs> When's that video going to be out next week? Uh, yeah, probably in the next week to 10 days, yeah. So people can watch the interview if they went there yesterday, but he's, yeah, he's... He's a stuff. fascinating bloke because he's, you know, he's a, he, he, he's a plumber turned inventor who is very kind of of the locale of the town he lives in. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? I hadn't really thought about how... Because I know a few people who live in your area. Yeah. But I don't think any of you are from there. No, I don't think any of us are native to it. And no. he is. He is from Stamford. Yeah. Because that's the thing, I was trying to pin his accent. It's sort of... True Stamfordian is ever so slightly Norfolk-y. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's, I'm going to say there's 25% Norfolk in there. Yeah. Um, That's what I was thinking. Just occasionally, you get that sort of East Anglian. You do, burr. Yeah, and burr. and be, and he, because he's he's Stamford through and through. But yeah, he's is Stamford in Lincolnshire. Yeah, uh-huh. but not far in. No, just the tip. Just, just the tip, Richard. Just the tip. But yeah, so Colin was brilliant, and he decided at the very last minute that he wanted to drive his DeLorean to the show, and I had to negotiate hard with the venue to get him in after nine a.m. because he definitely wasn't turning up at nine. Yeah, it was a hard wheeling. Is absolutely rain soaked, but beautifully beading. That's one of the, I mean one of the joys of, of, of being these shows, and just lots and lots of car people there. And so you sort of you can be unembarrassed about saying the things that pop into your car addled mind. <laughs> and when that DeLorean drove in, and it had been raining outside, and and like, so you could hear people going, "Lovely beading." Oh yeah, it was the beading. I mean, it was. It, yeah. the water was beading beautifully. It on was that. De- it was detail perverts admiring that sort of that brushed. Stainless finish, and then uh, Miles, the DeLorean, the young guy with the DeLorean, the, featured the, the, on yeah. the channel, who's there working with us this weekend. Uh, obviously, is DeLorean expert, and immediately is pouring all over oh. Colin's car. And then there's another guy there, that guy in the retro Benetton sweatshirt, yeah, who who also has a DeLorean. Mm, yeah. yeah, and the pair of them were suddenly like, oh, hang on, yeah, is that which way around the sun visors? Which apparently is a hang on, Phillips head screws there. Yeah. What? <laughs> And you can see that they're like, and, and, and they're, Colin, can we can we pop the engine back? And he's like, Yeah, of course you can. And then suddenly they were they were there like wasps. <laughs> they were. I got photos of them doing that. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I just thought it was so natty. Because I love, I love. We, I know we've said it before. I do love DeLoreans, and it's a car I would like to own, even though my expectations are quite low. Yeah. But but, but Miles, um, aka the Mandalorian, is going to be doing some more work on our channel. 
Yeah, that's his like daily driver. Mm. I mean, like it, it doesn't have a garage. It sits outside on a drive. I was I was standing in the <clears throat> in the crypt car park last night, still pretending to be a Swedish detective, when he drove down to park up that DeLorean, and it just in the context of other cars in the real world, it looks incredible. Yeah. It has a presence, so doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And his actually has got a good exhaust note, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit burbly, isn't it? It's yeah, all right. Uh, it doesn't sound... I drove his, and I thought his drove way better than I was expecting. Has he done anything to the suspension? I can't remember. He's put Euro That's it, suspension yeah, on yeah. it, because the American one, it sort of looks like a hydrofoil. It sits too high, isn't it? It looks yeah. like, it looks like a, an early 2000s Merc SL with... Someone's accidentally pressed the suspension raise button. You yes. can see all the time he's driving around looking like <laughs> crossovers. That is right. I don't know what, where that button was, I can't remember, but it must have been somewhere that it was easy to knock. Oh, if very you're easy. A, a retiring. It would be elbow on the centre console. Yeah, yeah. Getting in, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, I've noticed that some, sometimes you'd look at a second hand car and the, the little hinged arm re, um, where the armrest is on the centre console for putting stuff, you'd be able to wobble it laterally. You'd mm. think, oh, that. It shouldn't do that, and it's because it gets heavily leaned on when, yeah. you, when you're sort of gammony, ruddy-faced man gets in the car. <laughs> oh, I'm wheezing, I'm a little bit overweight. I've had a big lunch. I've just had 15 sausages for breakfast, I'm just going to get in if I can. And he's pushing the console around. And... But yeah, so that, 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 that was really good, and thank you to Cole for um, taking time out for that. Trying to think of all the other the other the other calls we had everything from where we had the the Aston Martin drag car the um, the Pikes Peak Audi Quattro from Dave Rowe at EPS Motorsport that thing oh I didn't go and have a look at that XR4 oh with poo on the number plate with poo on the number plate it's really nice I just wanted to just go and smell it because I sort of knew what it would smell yeah. like but at the same time the, the, the memory doesn't really remember smells I want to go and actually have a good classic Ford I like a, I inhale. like an XR4 I I always have yeah. I'm probably more of a 4i man than a Cosworth, but I don't know why. Um, I well, it's sort of it's the old it's headmaster the, thing, the isn't connoisseur's it? choice, I suppose. But but yeah. having poo on the number plate, yeah, from new. Whose was that? Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but it was the, one of the first cars that turned up in the hall. Yeah, yeah, it was there. It was on Friday. Wasn't it, it was absolutely there, and it was it was wonderful. And that's what I like. I wanted like cars like that to be. Next to what was that next to? I'm trying to think. Was that a modified MR2? I think or a, down and down that. And then I didn't Honda even get e. to go down that end properly. Yeah, I, 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 I well, was, I tried. I wanted to go and look at that really minty old Metro. Six thousand miles from New Metro. Yeah. yeah. Was that an E Reg Metro? One of the things about some of those old '80s cars that were there is that they all had um, the correct number plate. Oh, you love Cirque. It. I love uh, a Cirque. Oh, a plate. Cirque, yes. Yeah, but only on the correct era car. You can't just whack a Cirque plate on a 2000s car. You wouldn't put a Cirque plates on your. No, uh, it would annoy me because it's wrong. But on a, if I had an 80s car. Yeah. Which I don't um, <laughs> at the moment. but <laughs> You have to put that in there. As a I clue. did look at that. That Fall Guy truck that I sent you this morning, I did look at that and go. Oh, I know, you stroke. It was the first oh. thing I saw when I woke up. But it is 34 grand, so. That's, that's a lot. I buy a DeLorean. It does look minty. Yeah. Well, I wondered if Colin Furs would be interested because clearly he's collecting, you know, his sort of childhood hero cars, and he said he he uh, he's got a, a Trans Am now, a kit. He's recently Trans-Am. bought a kit which is fully kitted out with the proper kit yeah. dashboard and the terrible steering wheel, <laughs> <laughs> unusable steering. And this is a manual which I actually didn't know. <laughs> so he's got to occasionally take his hands off that stupid steering wheel. Yeah. No changing gears in cornering situations oh gosh no 
But then Gosh, he's also no. got the DeLorean, and he says that he ne- the next thing he wants is a General Lee charge. He's looking out for a Lee. He's asked but me I to look out for a Lee. if he could be tempted with a four-guy truck. I'm wondering if you've got to go 18 van, though, as well. Well, I thought, when he said in the interview yesterday, my next thing is, I thought he was going to say 18 van. Yeah, I, I, because he'd be able to use that. Exactly, That yeah. has a practical element, whereas Kit, I did have a look at the dashboard... And I mean, even by his own admission, he said, I bought it off a bloke in, in Norfolk who nearly cried when it drove away from him when he bought it. And he said, um, and he picked it up on like the gloomiest day. He said, I'm in Great Yarmouth driving oh. kit and it's in like horrible rain with grey clouds. But he said, he said, he said, Johnny, the, the dashboards, I mean, it's awful. It's just <laughs> awful. He said, it is correct, as in like it is the yeah. way it was, but it's correctly bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, is it a, what engines in that? It's a f- five liter, I think. It's, is a, it? it's a three hundred five. Okay, three hundred five Chevy. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure, but but it's a very smog era. Remember, uh, yeah. it's the same similar era to the Face Man's Corvette. Yeah. And that it was famously the least powerful sh- uh, Corvette, if you remember. Mm. What, oh, was it? Yeah, it was slower. It was slower, naught to sixty, and overall top speed than the equivalent S-Class Mercedes W one two six. And I know this only because when I once met Dirk Benedict, he told me that. He said, <laughs> I, he said I bought a brand new S-Class back then, but obviously my screen car was the Corvette. He said, the, Johnny, the screen car was so slow. George Peppard used to just laugh at it because George Peppard first bought an S-Class, a 500, and he used to turn up on set in it and go, the Corvette's supposed to be sporty. It's got a big stripe on it and stuff. And it's like just real like slushy kick down disappointment. <laughs> and so they all just used to laugh at it. It's like the idea of George Peppard cruelly mocking yeah. the character Face from the comfort of his S-Class. Face was a bloody dude. Imagine being George Peppard in the early 80s cruising around in your SL, SLS, SEL. Yeah, SEL. Yeah. With a cigar on the go. But he always had that jacket. It was like a sand-coloured jacket. Yes. And, it's um, the kind of jacket that photographers wear. <laughs> yes, it's true. I was trying to put my finger on where I... So it's a, it's, a, it's a, 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 a war zone photographer's jacket. Yeah, Martin Bellspec. Is there a bit of... <laughs> well, he was the white suit, wasn't he? Oh, I think he was more uh, like Raggy Omar or someone like that, maybe. That's right. It is war photographer's <laughs> jacket. Why are you dressed as a war photographer? And it's definitely Hannibal. going to be little eyelets for those canisters yes. of film. Yes, yes. But pre, obviously, digital cameras. Yeah. Um, that you could slot them in, which almost looks like a bandolier belt, but it's not quite. Yeah. Did you um, steal this jacket off a war photographer? No. And then no, he pulls no. a tiny little cleaning cloth and one of those little air squirter things oh, out of the pocket. Squ- Are you sure? I used yeah. to piss around with my dad's little brush, yeah. airbrush. He used to yeah, hate yeah. it. Yeah, so um, to, so that that that's cool. I can't. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm hoping to, to get. I'm hoping Colin will buy all those cars as soon as possible. If I ever need to borrow an A-team van, for yeah. example. But then he, he said that he hasn't got anywhere to put them. No, he doesn't. This is the thing. He needs to build like a Nissan hut. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he can put all his stuff in one place. But is there? You've been to his house. Is there? Are the houses behind it as well? I know he's there are now. Attached. A new housing estate popped up there about oh. eight years ago. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. Prior to that, it was just open onto fields because oh. one of his inventions shot through the fence post, the panels. And into the field. Now, if there had been houses behind there, that would have been a bit of trouble. Apple cannon, maybe. <sighs> Did you ever see the rip tire? The rip, like that. You want to look that up. Rip tire. So it's like um, 
he started off with a normal car wheel and tire, and he would speak. He would he would set it spinning as fast as possible before releasing it, oh. like a children's toy. But the thing to spin it up, he bought a Honda Fireblade, <laughs> which he put on, which he put, and he I think he was ringing it out in like second or third. So you can imagine how fast this wheel is now on a, on a spindle, and then he. Activates it and it goes down a slide and just shoots off. Oh my god! So there's a dr- there's drone shots of it just going across a field on its own and just going straight through a hedge like it's just a piece of paper. Holy and then he scales it up and goes, okay, so the theory works. And now I'm going to do it with the, uh, with an earth mover wheel <laughs> and tire. You know, like a like a not a huge tractor, but um, yeah. a fairly large. And he spins this thing up and puts you in its way. A couple of sacrificial transit vans, which he's bought from I don't know the local auction house, and it goes it goes th- through the side of the transit van and then gets stuck inside it and bows the whole Bloody thing out. Hell. It looks like a piece of folds origami by the time it's finished. It's incredible. How he's still got all his fingers is to me a marvel. Yeah, because he's fearless, isn't he? He is quite fearless. Like, I, I, oh, there was something he said yesterday which is stuck in the mind and not related to him personally, but he said they went to um, a bike race at Magello, I think. Yeah. And he said at those bike races, MotoGP races, don't they, that it, it, after dark, it all goes nuts. And yes. People were chopping down trees and he said people had got bike engines just in frames <laughs> yeah. like not actual motorbikes just bike engines in frames they're yeah. just like just revving and then holding for all, like, all night this is like the soundtrack of the evening it's yeah like, what the merry frig is going on there well it, it yeah I've been to a French um, car show I'm trying to remember where it was um, and it was the same they would bring Engines, usually things like Renault 5 base model engines with no exhaust, like not even an exhaust manifold, just open sided and and it would be it would be not properly lashed down to a crate. Oh like ratchet strapped down to a crate with a gravity fed um, jerry say, can. Yeah, I was, well, I was gonna say it was a plastic yeah. flagon, like a, an old milk car with It was and there's a there's a camping area and they've put this thing in the middle like it's the thing of worship you know it's the shrine of worship and it was always there's always some festival tosser with a Viking helmet oh. who's who's controlling it and he they again it would just be rinsing it off always on the limiter always not 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 revving it sort of uh, 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 just going and you're just going oh why so are you doing this just conrods are going to come out across your face in a minute it's just going to be awful. there's something sort of primeval about it though isn't it Magni Core like, that's where it was Magni Core really it was a Magni Core event a modified car event and I went there when I was with Max Power and I got warned it was it was feral and it yeah. was there was a lot of Benetton jumpers yeah. and Viking helmets yeah. and, and like you say just any old engine just strapped to a that's a crate bizarre. Or is that more feral than the UK Max Power events? Different. The UK Max Power events were more sort of car park, mm. dicking around with cars, sort of donuts gone wrong and yeah. reverse J turns that didn't work <laughs> out. <laughs> the pop, pop yeah. out, <laughs> pop out a drive shaft. And the sort something. of the flamethrower kit days, that's when they were popular. And I never yeah. agreed with those because you were trying mm. to get the car to do something it wasn't particularly happy to. Yeah. Well, that would apply to a lot of stuff. I don't think the car necessarily wants and to that, have like a 20 mil suspension drop either. There's probably the times when, the, if you remember, if you know the Ace Cafe in London, or just off the, the, the ring road, the North Circular, um, when that became the, the, the sort of area to gather, that was... 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't get shut down. Was that the one you told me about a guy in Sierra Cosworth who was just doing a massive burnout and there's, there's a Royal Mail depot there and there's all these trucks waiting to get out and he just would not quit oh, the yeah. burnout. Yeah, it's right it's next tough. to a major sorting office, like one of the major ones in London for all the overnight posts. And he was doing, I don't know, a three-minute burnout with a Lacoste shirt on, window down, and, and he refused to stop doing it. And there were just trucks <laughs> leaning on the horns behind him, just get out, get out the way. Oh, talking of clothes, though, shout out to not only the, the chap in the retro Benetton jumper, oh, yeah. which he said it wasn't like new old stock. He went, oh, I bought this in, I think he said Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Like recently. Delight proof. It's back. The 90s is back. The 90s is fully back. Uh, and then, but also to the guy who came in the um, the Kenwood jacket. Oh, what a Kenwood Formula One jacket. Kenwood, it was shell yeah. material because yeah, I yeah, felt it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I quite, I'm thinking actually, '90s motorsport jackets could it's, yeah. maybe they're they're they they're right now. The right time. Would is. you expand it for, for one of the future late break live shows? I mean, you don't want to make it a fancy dress, but you could certainly. Do we? Well, <laughs> or, or do we? Uh, but you could certainly, uh, you know, encourage people to come in '90s motorsport jackets. Oh. That'd be a prize given to the best. I think actually, which is another my '90s motorsport, or is some '90s aftershave. Yeah, oh, actually, retro motorsport attire could become quite funny. Yeah. Well, there was that thing that... Um, there was a girl in a... Did you see the girl in the NASCAR 90s jacket that no. was, I think, three sizes too big? She no. actually came over with her boyfriend to chat to me, and I went, oh, my gosh, it was like black suede with fluorescent green arms and really, really oh, bit pillowy. Yes, I did see her from afar, yeah. I remember thinking, now that jacket is oversized. It, it, she said, I bought it from a vintage shop and it was new old stock. I think it's like 1993. It was just post Days of Thunder era, but yes. it looked very Days of Thunder. And I went, bloody hell, that's amazing. She just went, yeah, and there's massive instructions inside that you must not wear this in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and her boyfriend he went yeah all the colours will just run I went like what he goes yeah oh like, I don't God. know like American dye or something like, wow. what's in this coat but it was it had all the sponsors M&M's on it yeah I did see it and I was trying to think did I actually talk to that couple I might have done I don't, it's such a blur it's just great I said it's just great seeing a, 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 a British young woman she was probably I don't know 
early 20s wearing some, some like cold trickle spec <laughs> jacket that was definitely the wrong size. Well, also, also, yeah, I think a jacket that's older than she is, which I know is not, you know, people of our generation used to yeah. wear coats from the 60s. I now. used to wear 70s, 60s coats sometimes. Yeah, we're still yeah. doing it now and again. My dad had this incredible sheepskin coat, like proper used car dealer spec, Frank Butcher jacket, <laughs> which he hadn't worn for years. It was from the 70s, maybe even the 60s. And... You've got it, haven't you? No, I tried it on once. I found it in the wardrobe and I tried it on. I was like, I really like this coat. And it's incredibly heavy. I mean, it was like, it weighed about, you know, it's like it was like putting on a caterer. It was a really weighty <laughs> jacket. And I just couldn't get away with it. No. It just didn't work. I had a denim, a, a real 70s denim um, long coat and it had a full sheepskin lining. A long um, denim coat? Yeah, it was... I'm trying to think of the style, the cut of it. It was definitely 70. It was a little bit Dennis Waterman, probably. And, um, <laughs> and, and it, but it had such a, again, a very pillowy sheepskin collar and lining. And I enjoyed wearing it. But I think so, at one point, I'd worn it for probably three years. And then my now wife, she kind of went, yeah. I think she said. It was, it, I think that was fine during Britpop, but yeah. maybe not now. That's when I was... Thinking of wearing a sheepskin coat, yeah, Britpop, and I'd had a shaggier hair, yeah, a bit. And we're in Manchester, so now, so it's making me think of like instantly Stone Roses yeah. type of music and um, charlatans. Well, I mean, when that sort of it wasn't Britpop, it was kind of Manchester, yeah, and it was all that was flares and paisley shirts at yeah. the sort of start of the nineties. I remember, I remember flares right at the start of the nineties because that's when I started secondary, and, um, and hoodies, hoodies with sort of mystical symbols on the front. Of the <laughs> mystical symbols, yeah, you know, sort of like a big have a hoodie with a sun with an eye in it or something. Oh yeah, there's a lot of that baggy, yeah, very yeah. baggy jeans, like Joe Bloggs jeans, dready, yeah, dready jeans. Yeah. Gosh, they just look like a village hall curtain. Yeah. And then chunky cords. I don't know. It was. I could never. I mean, I was only sort of fifteen, sixteen. I could never quite pull off some of the more extreme Manchester fashions. It's like what were the shoes that were popular? They were the um, kickers. Yeah, I think kickers. The chunky were quite, kickers. Probably. Or I had feeler demi boots then. Feelers might have been. Yeah. In play. I love the feeler logo. And uh, who did Fiat Panda feeler? Wasn't there? Yeah, and then oh, Lancia Y Ten. I realised with the black the, tailgate, which always looked like it being crashed into, yeah. <laughs> then to hastily yeah, replace yeah. it. Did you get that from a scrapyard? No, no, no. It's standard. Um, I, I've done a list in my new car trivia book. There's a list of cars done in association with fashion brands, and I think I've missed the Y10 feeler off the list. <laughs> You've got a look of pain on your I know, face because I can't believe I screwed up there. Yeah. I've got you know like the Metro Principles and the Fiesta Dash and all these other '80s tenuous fashion links, and uh, I can't remember what else is in there. Oh, like. Um, uh, yeah. The Nissan Cube Conrun, would that, or is that what? not classed as? Was there a Conrun? They did a Conrun edition uh, of Cube, and it's, so it's not really fashionable, is it? It's no, a, it's sort of interior designs. Yeah. It's not, but the, the that exists, and it's wow. incredibly rare, okay. and it's it's really tasteful. Japan only. I think it's Japan only because it was the Mark II Cube, and that I know of only one in Britain. If mm. anyone can find one for me, I'd be very interested. Wow. In, or, sorry, very untrusted. 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 <laughs> um, on that side. Of, of untrusted in your buzzness. Yeah. Um, well, uh, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, shoes, Manchester shoes. I can't, I mean, I, I can't remember now. 
I'm sure someone will know and write in. Tell us, and, and if you if you remember this hotel room, look up a picture of Sean Ryder in 1990, and and that will that will tell you what is. Uh, what are you taking a picture of me sitting I'm, against? I'm going to be very backlit. We're in Johnny's hotel room. I'm going to backlight you. Look to beautiful. the look that way. I'm just saying where we're video, not video, and where we're where we're recording this uh, cast. You can see over this part of the city with all the industrial. Revolution era uh, uh, red brick buildings and arches. There's loads of railway arches because it's where there's lots of crossings of railways with other railways. There's and some the, mega, there's a good bridge down there. If you're yeah, a bridge enthusiast, nice railway bridge down there. It's, that's one of the things about Manchester. It's, it's actually it's quite an attractive city. If you you know, but they are sort of taking away some of the old shitty concretey stuff and have done over the last sort of twenty years. Yeah, and leave some of the nice old brick stuff that got really sort of grubby and neglected in the eighties and is now sort of cleaned up. And it is, it but there's good. lots of arches and and crossings where underneath you, know, you it is gritty. Oh yeah, there's gritty bits. Still. Sure, but then, but not you know, lethal. But it's it's like you know it, it's a there's a lot of sort of industrial revolution cities. It's handsome, like Bristol, handsome, sturdy city, lots of stocky brick buildings. Sturdy, yeah. The, Birmingham's got its fair share too. It has, but Birmingham, I feel like they knocked a lot down and just concreted, didn't they? They got a bit <laughs> giddy in the sixties and went, we can make buildings out of concrete now. That'll look good. And oh shit, it's all yeah. gone wrong. Do you know what I love is seeing <clears throat> pictures of those sort of concrete buildings when they were brand new. And you, you yeah. can suddenly see what they were trying for because they look crisp and clean and modern and yeah. minimalist. And it's just, but as soon as they get tarnished and used, they look cack. And damp. Yeah. Damp, yeah. Nobody nobody wants that. I always get a bit, do you ever, there's a, I, I follow a couple of Twitter accounts that sort of talk, you know, sort of brutalist architecture. Yeah. And I love all that stuff. But at the same time, I always feel, you know, sort of when they'll put up, like they used to be, they've been knocked down now, the, the, the flats in Hume near here, these famous Crescent flats. And they were always cited as like a really interesting example of that era of architecture. And sort of fans of that would all get a big lob on for them. But you'd look at it and go, you just because you don't have to live there. That's the thing. They weren't actually very nice to live in. Do you actually want to live there? No. No. That right. shopping centre slash sort of estate in Cumbernauld in Scotland, is, is, which is still there, is like an icon of brutalism. Mm. But again, you go, it's all well and good, you get an all strokey chin architect about it, but would you want to live there? Are you going to go shopping there? Yeah, no. No, right, so okay. Just, you know, don't, don't if, if, if they decide to knock it down, don't get too upset because, <laughs> let's be honest, it's interesting, we'll always have the pictures of it, but don't force people to live there or go shopping there because it's a bit no. cag. Although I would very much like, not brutalism, but I've, I still, I've probably said before, I still want to find an appropriately 60s or 70s house yeah. with the lines and the, the features that I want but in an area that I want and it's impossible mm. they've all been they've either all been grand designed mm. they've, they've been hacked about and they've got grey framed windows in and they've had all the, the cladding the stone cladding removed um, oh you want the cladding I want the tapered chimney that's clad in yeah. pebbles oh um, okay yeah, and I, I want the huge sort of windows that are um Nice and simple. Yeah, huge I, windows, aren't they? Huge and massive, massive. Yeah. I love, I love all that. I think it's it's just brilliant. A mate of mine used to live in a house, sixties uh, house, massive windows, and a metal banistered, slightly spirally staircase. Oh, yeah, wow, up to a very big landing. Oh, big like, landing sort of is a needlessly piece. big landing. Because yeah. you, you can't use landing as a practical space. Because I, I remember viewing a house once and going. The landings gives you a feeling of sort of openness and mm. 
um, and cool, but at the same time, it, it, what are we going to do there? And I, and I, I said to, <laughs> I, I said to Chops, I said, is that big enough? Can I just put my de- a little desk there yeah. with my laptop? And she go, but that'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. where's your office? In the landing. What, like, in the middle of the house, at the main crossroads yeah. of the house? Yeah. I've seen it done though. Yeah. The thing is, it's just like, what else do we do with the space? You can't have a, you can't put a bed there. That'd be really weird. So, I or I, I can't put a sofa there and then never sit on it. Well, the, yeah. Because why would you ever just go? I'm just going to go hang out on the landing for a bit. There's two things that I would put there, and when when I eventually do move house or whatever, I'm is one of them a Renault Five engine on a crate? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And there's going to be a Viking helmet. Just going to pop up to the landing and rev up the old. I'll make sure that the rotor arm isn't quite fitted properly. So it's going. It's the original. It's the original. It's Charlie. Your dinner's ready. I can't hear you. It's got a misfire. It's the inspiration for the original crazy frog track. It's, yeah. it's basically it's, it is a Renault engine with the and it's just got a, a, a distributor cap that's just dancing around on its clips. If you ran, you'd have to put the the, the um, pipes back on it. But you could run off the exhaust header a, a pipe that just went up out through the roof, so you oh. weren't gassing the house with a with a, with tractor, a little tractor thing. Those little the little tapping hinge, yeah, a tic tac thing, and um, you, so then you could run it, but then the Upstairs of your house would become incredibly hot. <laughs> what sooty? <laughs> sooty <laughs> and hot. hot. But there's that real kind of dry, aggressive heat that comes off. <laughs> Johnny, the phone. Someone's ringing you. I can't hear you. I've got on the limit. Used to really annoy <laughs> my. <laughs> used to really piss my brother off. I remember when we were younger. If a car drove past, it was misfiring. He'd just be muttering under his breath. <laughs> Fuck's sake, the thing's running on three. Can you not tell? <laughs> it's going... It's like just, he almost like wanted to jump out in front of them and put his hand up and go, pop the bonnet, I'll put the fucking distributor cap on properly. I'll buy you a rotor arm. It's four quid. Come on. Have I, I must have told you, possibly even mentioned on the podcast before, that a house that I used to drive past in Birmingham on the way to and from work when I lived there, it was a 60s house, massive windows. Lovely 60s house. Lovely Expanses 60s of house. glass. Yeah, such a lot of natural light. <laughs> Very shallow pitch roof. Looks good. Water ingress around the eaves. <laughs> Needs work. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, and it was on a corner, so it had an in-out drive in as much as the drive. You could go in one way and then it, it, would, it could drive off I've the other way. I've got an in-out drive. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you have, haven't you? Yeah, get I love you. it. Um, I love it. You get it wrong, though, and you'll definitely take out the porch. <laughs> so you've got to be careful. <laughs> uh, but this house was very special because there was an Aston Martin Legondre on the drive. And it was oh. so perfect, everything. Because it was actually a, probably a late 60s, even early 70s house. Yes, but futuristic. Very, but futuristic with a very 70s car. Oh, that's... And everyone who worked, everyone who worked at Old Top Gear, and everyone who went that way through Harborn in Birmingham to go to and from work used to know this house and always go, is it, you see the Lagondas there again? It was like a talking point. It was so, so perfect. It's just the perfect Pre-camera image. Pre-camera photo, otherwise I wish I'd taken a picture of it, because it, it was just... It's just an brilliant. instant photo shoot, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. It was the same junction, because it was the, that was on, on the corner, and there was a sort of staggered junction, and that was the, that was the junction where I came up to it in... Ford brought over an F-150 Lightning oh, right, from yeah. the 90s, <laughs> yeah. late 90s one. I can't imagine you driving a Ford Lightning. Well, no, not can I. Because they've reused the name now, haven't they? Yeah. For the electric but one. This was the supercharged yeah. overpowered pickup truck, which had... Um, 
Was that 4.6? I can't remember. Was that era of Mustang with a 4.6 yeah, motor? But I came up to that junction opposite the Lagonda house. It was autumn. There were a lot of wet leaves down. And I braked. I wasn't going fast. I braked in a normal way. But because there's no weight over the back end, fuck, I just sort of got... I think it might have had like ABS, but only on the back axle or something. What? One end locked up a bit. It certainly... It, it's, it was squirrely at about five <laughs> miles an hour. And I thought, I'm going across the junction. I might even go into the front garden of the Lagonda house. What an embarrassment. To fuck up this beautiful 70s... Diorama. Oh gosh! By yeah. stuffing an oafish '90s pickup truck into it, it didn't. I, I kind of, I, I sort of eased off and did a bit of cat-handed kind of cadence oh. breaking to get it under. Cadence breaking. Cadence breaking. Hi, I'm cadence breaking. It, um, it does sound like that, doesn't it? So, I, going back to the large, uh, pointless open landing in houses. <laughs> I, if I know, if you're a sort of bachelor, you put like a car-related art up yeah, there, or something, yeah. or you'd hang a piece of Formula One bodywork that you bought, probably with Benetton yeah. stuff on. But what I would want to do, I want to put a living wall. I'm getting obsessed with oh. living walls. Yeah. Or if I was, let's say, um, single divorcee. I might put a very detailed railway diorama around the edge. Oh. But not, not a shit railway, a, a quality one. Yeah. So there's lots of detail. Yeah, details. Details. Um, yeah. So that's probably what I would do on that. Side. Living wall takes a bit of work, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, it does. You've got you've to make sure you've got the damp coursing all sorted. And you probably have automatic irrigation. I've been looking into it. Oh, so really? I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. Got myself a crying, <laughs> living wall. Um, well, <laughs> no, I'm with you on the, but, you know, the big windowed 60s houses. Yeah. I'm in. I mean, I do, from I, them later. Yes, I, 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 I think as fascinating as, 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 as sort of Victorian houses are, I'm, I just prefer mm. that era. Mm. It's just more me. And maybe I'm, maybe I'll ultimately go through a midlife crisis and dress up as a mad Chester person if I did move in. <laughs> with, but then you'd have to live in a nineties house with very small windows. Small windows. No yeah. Don't pre, like those. So um, Pre-internet clothing. I've been. I've sort of been brazing hazes recently, and I. Uh, I found this haze for sale. It's super, <laughs> super modern. Because I always think that I quite like a Victorian or even a, a Georgian house. I like a Georgian house. Obviously. Yeah. Big windows again. Yeah. But uh, I also quite like a, a super modern house. And I found this super modern house was basically like a series of glass cubes. Oh. I thought, now that's interesting. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. It's just like you, you're going to be constantly fuck arsing around with your blinds because you've got no privacy otherwise. You, can't, you couldn't just scuttle into a room in just your pants to try and find a t shirt. Well, or that's something, the problem. You're getting undressed. You're nude next to your bed. You're about to get in. You realise you haven't charged your phone. Yeah. Ah, shit. Got to go back into the kitchen to charge your phone. I the kitchen is basically... You're in like a live art exhibit. <laughs> People just walking past going, look, there's a man making some scrambled eggs. Yeah, and you go, oh, look, he's there's, walking there's around. There's a naked man running about with a phone He's charger. got his flute and bag out. Yeah. He's waddling <laughs> down a, a very, like, intricately lit corridor. Oh, God, he's coming down the stairs at speed with no pants on. <laughs> ah! It's like a bullfight. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I that's the thing. I suddenly thought, oh, and I bet, I don't know. I, don't, I imagine now if it's quite recently built, the glasses of some sophisticated energy conservation spec. But well, you could do the Rolls Royce Phantom thing where it's electrically charged. Oh, yeah. You know, intrally, intra well, instantly goes opaque. I bet the blinds are electric as well, aren't they? But that's the thing. You accidentally, like, just throw your towel onto the blind control and all of the blinds in your bedroom go up <laughs> while you're stark bollock naked. Just as an Amazon man's coming up the truck. Oh, and you've decided to... It looks like a cry for help. I've done it before. I've been... I've, I've, I've brushed my teeth, 
taken all my clothes off to have a shower and then gone, no, I've got to do some exercise. I haven't done any for weeks oh. and weeks. And I'll just suddenly do some exercise, but I've taken all my clothes off because oh. I was about to shower. Yeah. And then I realised this is very awkward. I'm trying to do some like, um, there are one of those horrible things where you get down on the floor and get back up again. Burpees. Burpees. I mean, there are naked burpees. It's Satan's invention. Yeah, yeah naked burpees. And on a, on a summer's day, I mean, there's a lot of skin smashing around. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, it's not a great like idea. Somebody's being slapped. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's like a flesh accordion. <laughs> or clapping. Why is someone arrhythmically clapping in the next room? It's. <laughs> yeah, it's someone trying like to give a round of applause using yeah. two old herrings. Yeah. You, have you got a fleshy Newton's craving? <laughs> no, I was just doing naked, naked burpees. Sorry. <coughs> I just, I don't think because I've done it as well. You go, I was going in the shower and I was like, oh no, I swore I'd do some sort of those sort of inept middle-aged man press-ups as a token yeah. gesture towards fitness of some sort. But you're doing naked press-ups no, as a press gentleman, isn't is it? Because you're basically, it's like you've, you've left the stand down on a bike. <laughs> it is awful. It is awful. I have to say, it, you're sort of teabagging a parquet floor. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, now, if I suddenly have that, oh, shit, I swore to myself I'd do, like, five minutes of basically ineffectual exercise, I'll, I'll go and get my pants out of the dirty laundry. And yes. Oh, yeah, totally. That's the way to do it. Definitely. It my kids feels have... like you've given yourself some dignity back, even if you're on your own in the house. Yeah. I've, I've been caught by my kids doing it. And oh. Properly cocked one eyebrow, Roger Moore style. <laughs> <on the> way, <laughs> Daddy, is that... Oh, I think my daughter went, I, I, don't, I don't think that's appropriate, Daddy. No. And I went, no, it's not. But I've sort of... I'm running out of time. I just yeah. wanted to get it done. Well, so that... Plus, you live in a super modern house with, for some reason, malfunctioning electrical blinds or and or Rolls-Royce style electrochromatic <laughs> glass, and you're in the middle of basically, as you say, teabagging a rug. Ball, balls out, burpees. And everything, uh, suddenly all the neighbourhood can see you doing it, and that's it. You have to move house. I think, listen, if, he's an ex- incredibly inspirational and already successful man, but I think if Joe Wicks did some sort of like after dark style, <laughs> after dark style kind of like bag out exercise, um, fit, well. in, fit in 15 this week, Joe Wicks has got all of his pubes out. Um, <laughs> Talking of which, I woke up this morning. I was going to send you a message. Remember, we've talked about the equaliser over the yes. over the years yes. with Edward Woodward, I think it was, and because it was American, it was equaliser with a Z. Do you, you know, like Hollyoaks did the sort of like after hours version. Yes, yeah. I was thinking you, and if they watch nights, wasn't they? They watch well. nights. Gosh, yeah. That, uh, I don't know if it ever was as risque as it was claiming no. to be. But, um, he certainly never did naked burpees <laughs> in his beach hut. That's what, what was his name? Mitch Buchanan. Mitch Buchanan, yes. yeah. Yeah, Mitch yeah. Buchanan. Um, yeah, so like Equaliser After Dark, sort of slightly lewd version. Would it be called Graphic Equaliser? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad joke. See, in my head, the Equaliser took place entirely at night anyway. I think it did, because I have very, I mean, I was much too young for it. Yeah. So I don't really remember it. I remember it being in the Radio Times or in the... Yeah. And you go, oh, the Equaliser's on at 11pm or yeah. quarter to midnight or whatever. And you go, oh, we could stay, I could stay up for that. If I was at a mate's house and they didn't yeah. have a video recorder. Yeah. And I didn't have a video recorder. So it was always like, you just get what you're given. <laughs> you go, well, we're going to watch that. Yeah. Um, 
We, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't have a video recorder. Like, when I was growing up, I think I was one of the last people I knew to have a video recorder, our family. No, I'd, we didn't have a, we were proper late arrivals with the yeah. video recorder. I was pissed right off about it. Yeah, me too. Because all you my know mates had those, had those um, library of videotapes, yeah. all in the generic cover that was yeah. just a brown encyclopedia. Yes, a book, book style cover. Yes, you know the one. actual VHS cassettes would be vulgar, but pretend books, that really classes the joint up. Mm. So. Yeah, and then once some of our neighbours were going on holiday and they were some of the first people to have a video recorder, they'd had one for years, and they went, do you want to have our video while we're away? Because we'd rather someone looked after it in case we get broken into. Seriously? A prized VCR might be stolen. My gosh, so, it's not like feed the cat, it's like, can you look yeah, after you my look video? After, keep the video recorder warm. And so, yeah, we had a video for two weeks and it was like, <gasps> just recording things for no reason off the TV. I'm just going to record news round, but you're watching it, I know, but I'm going to watch it again because I can. Did they, did they let you borrow some, of, some videos? Yeah. Yeah, and then my parents were slightly embarrassed because the last thing they recorded off the TV before we gave the video back was, I think, the Steptoe and Son movie, which has got some swearing and boobs in it. Oh, brilliant. And they were like, oh, no, we've given the VHS tape back, and the last thing we recorded was a slightly rude movie. Peter and Daphne might be disapproving of it. That's funny, isn't it? When you look, I mean, it sounds ancient now. I know. It's, or it's, in a video right, recorder. Anyone who's listening to this who's in their 20s or 30s would be going, tell us more about when you first used a mangle, Grandad. <laughs> um, we should probably start to bring this to a close. I just want to say, have you noticed this table that we've got the computer and the mic balanced on? It has got a, um, a an old Citroen steering wheel as its base. Citroen CX? Yeah. I reckon that's a CX. Yeah, I'm going to take a picture of that so we can put it on the yeah. Patron. Do it. Do it. Um, but yeah, we. I well, I've got to get back to London. You've got to get home as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got to drive a taxi back to. Oh, um, yeah. super. I did have a woman try and get into it. What? Um, yeah, a couple. There's a village called I think Hadfield. As you leave um, Manchester and you go out across the Peak District. Oh yes. You know yeah, you, yeah. you rise out and then go into that. What, what's that? Is it the Thingy Pass? What's the name of the pass? Um, it's not the Horseshoe Pass, I don't think. Well, it's it was the Cat and Fiddle? Did you go over there? Yeah, I think so. Did you? Yeah. Well, was it? How are you going home? Well, you cut right away across until you eventually get to um, <clears throat> you get to the back end of Sheffield, and then you find the A1. Oh, that's what I do. Anyway. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But um, um, but I'm in a slow but very smooth taxi. Very so, smooth. Yes. Very um, smooth. In fact, I need to find some LPG before I go. Um, but yeah, so very tired. I can't remember what I was. I was going to say something off the back of that. Someone tried to get into your taxi. Oh yeah, woman. So I had to pop to a, the the post office to post an SD card off to the editor who was hopefully trying to edit an episode for the late break show hurriedly, and um, I got back in the taxi and was and, and, and somebody rang me. So I was sat parked with loudspeaker on my phone chatting, yeah. and a woman, a middle aged woman, leant over in front of the car and went, "Your taxi, <laughs> your taxi." And I went, "I went, I'm, I'm not a taxi." And she looked at me like quite. She went, you, yes, you, are, are. you are, you are a taxi. I went. Well, I'm not really, not and I'm on a Japanese call. taxi. I'm going. Listen, is it, I said, is it? It's complicated, but I'm not a taxi. And then I had to say, I'm so sorry. I'm reporting you to the police for impersonating a taxi. <laughs> I know. It's, I felt bad for her because it was pissing with rain oh, as well. Yeah. She just wanted to. Did a part of you think, what if I just gave her? A lift? For I had a little bit to go to like Annick or something. I had one of those shit brown chairs in the back. What is beeping? It's my hourly chime. Oh, it's your on the timex. Batman watch. That's so cool. I'm quite jealous of that watch. You know, should I play the... Go on, do it. Uh, listen to this, listeners. Oh, cat. Hang on. Oh. That's Johnny's Pac-Man watch. <laughs> and it's gold as well. Oh, and today, regular 
uh, podcast listeners might know about. <laughs> I mean, it's a, uh, in the general pantheon of shite that goes on this podcast. Pantheon of shite. Fairly small, but uh, people may remember that I have a broken Casio digital watch, which I was always promising to give to Johnny. Today was oh, finally that day. Yeah, I've given Johnny the broken Casio, so um, it is. Okay. he's going to go and put it on a different. I'm going to. I'm thwapping the yeah, the rubber strap. Of that as well. We're now doing here. Look at this. Two watches together. Lovely. Um, <laughs> um, well, anyway, we should probably um, wrap this up. But before we go, I have three things to tell you. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show. And uh, coming very soon will be some more videos from The Late Break Show live that we did yesterday in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, two, I've got a new book out. It's called Boring Car Trivia 3. Thank you to everybody at the show yesterday who bought a copy from the merch stand. We sold out, which was really nice. Should have brought more copies. But you can order it from Amazon or from The Late Break Show merch shop. Yeah, I drew a quite a few detailed dicks in, in them. <clears throat> well, because people kept asking me to, and I got very sort of coy about it, and mainly because you're better at drawing very detailed cock and balls. <laughs> Everyone said, can you draw a cock and balls in my book? I said, no, I'll write something rude, and then if you go and see my colleague over there, he will do you a beautifully shaded... <laughs> Uh, quite graphic shaft and bag yes yes so there we are so yes if you want to buy Boring Car Trivia 3 it is uh, available exclusively on Amazon as a, an ebook or a paperback except it's not exclusively because you can get the paperback from uh, Late Break Show Merch Shop if you prefer and thirdly uh, the clock tower on the Houses of Parliament we usually call it Big Ben although it's not a real name it's called the Elizabeth Tower but that is uh, taller than the Statue of Liberty is it? Mm. <coughs> Only slightly. I think it's three metres. I wrote this down. Um, I, I, it's three metres taller. But still, you wouldn't credit it, would you? You'd think the Statue no. of Liberty is way taller. And, I, went um, out, I went out to the Statue of Liberty for my wife's 40th. We went out there and had the tour. And it was much lower mm. than I was expecting. Well, because from the land, from the from Manhattan, yeah. it is actually it looks quite small, doesn't it? You kind it of does. expect it to be huge. And it's... it's sort of, no. You've seen that because far away. It looks quite yeah. vulnerable. Um, so the Elizabeth Tower is 96 metres tall and the Statue of Liberty is 93 metres tall. So I didn't realize take also, that, America. <laughs> I didn't realise how, how dilapidated it became in the 80s. Well, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, they sort of ignored it for yeah. a while. Same with the Hollywood sign in the 70s. The Hollywood sign was falling down. There's pictures of it. I'll stick one on the Patreon for people who are interested. Yeah, the Hollywood sign was absolutely knackered. And then they finally went, actually, this is quite iconic, isn't it? Let's mend it rather than just let it. It was all like holes in the letters. And it was just said the wood. Yeah, I think it did. I think it sort of said like Hollywood or something because it had fallen down. And um, yeah, now, of course, it's seen as quite iconic. Well, thanks for listening. Honestly, everyone, thank you for, if you're a Patreon, thank you for supporting us through Patreon. And, um, and, and thanks ever so much to anyone that watches or subscribes to the Late Break Show, um, my channel. And a particular thank you to anyone who came to the live show yesterday. Yeah. Uh, as I said before, it was just lots of really nice people, friendly, and love to have a little chat. And we were signing stuff and it was all really nice. And everyone was very tolerant of our slightly long-winded pub quiz as well. Um, it was which if you weren't at the live show and you'd like to take or have a go at the pub quiz um, I'll put it up on the Patreon yeah on, so we're threatening you to become a Patreon in order yeah. to play it I'll do it on Friday I did it last time on Friday and people seem to it's good just pre-weekend that could cost you in excess of £2 a month no you can do a quid a month if you want ok that'll cost, cost you in excess we're, of a pound a month we're so inept uh, we didn't do any tiers or anything like that on the Patreon we just went look minimum of a quid a month so 12 quid a year 
yeah. you can support us every little helps we do appreciate it a lot because it helps us to justify doing this and although I said I wasn't going to say that anymore because some people going up to the shops and going so you hate the podcast then yeah my wife <laughs> said she's, like, she doesn't my wife doesn't listen to the podcast I know Richard's doesn't and uh, she's now thinking that I go on a U Smith and Stifford's event to just saying how frustrated I am yeah. with my marriage. It's well, not the case. She, last night she was threatening that she she and my wife were going to set up. Yeah. Well, I thought at first she said, we're going to just take over the podcast one week, but then by the end of the conversation she was basically suggesting they were going to set up a rival podcast in which they just slag us off every Female week. Female Smith and Stifford. Welcome to Mrs. Smith and Mrs. Sniff. This week Richard has made an absolute arse of putting the bins out for some reason. How could you get such a simple job? wrong <laughs> anyway um, Johnny jumps off a, 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 a banister wearing a very long coat <laughs> while saying UK <laughs> and I caught him doing sit ups in the buff again <laughs> honestly it's a constant trial well one day maybe that will happen probably sooner than we think if we keep pushing on that <laughs> anyway um, thank you ever so much for listening um, we'll be back to a sort of normal show for us next week until then goodbye bye bye Dancing in the streets. You can! <laughs> <laughs> South America! <laughs> it's like a terrible bunch of Judy. <laughs> Sausages! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.